The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. If a friend asks how you're doing, and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because, If I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. That's, That's what right. I love about the dude. I mean, who else looked more like Eddie Vedder, what? the quarterbacks? The <laughs> right. Look at that. That is good. Even flow. Yep. Float so bright. I can't you, remember the word. Oh, baby. Look what we got here. We got one of the other homies in the building. Where the hell have you been? Six MIA months. Six, been six months. Six months have been here with you. Jeez, that's unreal. Paulie P is back in the fold here. Awesome Christmas. to be Good here. Life. Good. Awesome. Glad to have you, man. A lot going on, like everybody else in the yeah. building, kind of working some other stuff. No, you've had, like, legit a lot going on. So, yeah. like, we have a free yeah. pass, right? <laughs> when you're, like, calling the Tour de France at 3 a.m. in the morning, you're allowed right. to not do the podcast. And when you started your season, kind of during training camp, I, right. I was in Utah for the Premier Lacrosse League. Right. And then we came back and, and had the Tour de France, and we've had some Notre Dame football. Yeah. Uh, but I, I've had kind of out of the corner of my eye, peripheral vision. Right. Being right here, talking some NFL with you. So uh, I've missed you. Been busy with other things, but it's good. nice to, to be right here. Yeah, good, good. And we'll catch you up on the NFL. Don't worry. Please do, because you know? I need it. It's what I'm here for. I'm <laughs> here to be the asshole to watch it all and have a big mouth and talk about it. You, so. you are the asshole professor for uh, me here today. <laughs> okay, so. thank you very much. And... Eddie Vedder comparisons to Justin Herbert. We'll talk about him in a few minutes because that is going to be one of the two games we break down. Mm -hmm. Chiefs Chargers from yesterday. Patriots Seahawks game of the day. That was amazing last night on NBC. That was a lot of fun. Um, But first thing like just that hits me more than anything because I'm sitting here with all these players in front of us. Yeah. And I just started going. I started taking a body count because injuries yesterday. Right. I mean, dead. Yeah. Nick Bosa, I, I done, boom, bow, yeah. bow. And, um, Jimmy Garoppolo. The yeah. bookend here. Kittle. My Hawkeye. Put him down. He's down. Boom. There's, yeah. He's another one down. Sorry about that. Right, yep. Yeah. Uh, who else we make? McCaffrey's down he's right down. now. Put him down. Yep. Um, let's see. Who's one other? Michael Thomas in the front. He's Out. down. Like, yeah. see him right there? Boom. We'll, go to, we'll put him down for now. I mean, unbelievable I the amount of injuries uh, in week two. And also, I guess the other positive thing I would say is a lot of good football games, a lot of good offensive numbers, excitement that way, big plays, and quarterbacks putting up big numbers for yeah. the second week in a row. Quarterback play was lots of fun. Yeah. I mean, obviously there's a lot, you know, other positions going on, but our eyes do go there. And I thought it was a really fun mix of young guys yeah. playing well. Right. Some guys who are in between young and old who have been a little maligned off to a good start. Sure. I think that makes us all feel good as fans. No doubt. And all four of the quarterbacks over 35, yeah. they won as well. Got the victories yesterday. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Still, as I look at it, just on TV and even, again, just watching film of, like, the two games we're going to break down here in a minute and everything, still underwhelmed by what I'm seeing on the defensive side of the ball. 
I still think we're in a very beginner's phase. Defenses are still getting their feet underneath them. I'm not coming away from games going, wow, that was a creative game plan, or yeah. whoa, those were some exotic coverages what do you that I saw. that too? Because there's always the, and we're in unprecedented times, but yeah. always the thought, defense is going to be ahead of the offense. Right. No it's, matter what the lead-up was, I know. it's different now. It is different now. It is. Just, well, you know, Tony Dungy made a good point last week. First off, you know, Tom Brady can go to the practice field and do seven-on-seven seven with his guy. What, what's the defense do? What are, they, what are they supposed to do during the lockout or during the, no, you know, the pandemic? Nobody can be there. Right. So that's very, very hard for them. And, yeah, I think also it's hard to be a defensive coordinator and just go – I'm going to be creative. I'm going to blitz. When you go, wait, this is only our second game. We haven't seen that much this year. We haven't had to communicate through a lot of motions and checks yet. Um, We haven't even got to run this exotic coverage I want to run only a few times in practice. I'm not sure we're greased up and ready to go yet. So I think all those things are kind of like still in the process here. Um, Even New England last night. We'll talk about that again in a minute. I mean, I just thought – Little even underwhelmed for what they usually do on the defensive side of the ball. So we'll keep our eye on it, but I do think that's the big reason we've seen big-time quarterback numbers early yeah. on in the year so far. Yeah, in the yeah. meantime, it's been a lot of fun to, yeah. to watch these quarterbacks of all times play Ballers. well. Let's start with that deep dive. Yeah. It was the, the most um, anticipated game coming in, Seattle and New England last night. It was right. one of those rare times where it actually lived up to it. I was sitting there watching last night, Chris. I was like, I wish there was – Five quarters. I wish it was six quarters. It yeah. was that kind of offensive it was. play. Uh, the the Pats' final play call, right? I think is kind of the story within the story that's getting the most attention. They have one final play. Yep. Cam Newton gets the ball with that tight formation right. on what was clearly just a quarterback draw the entire way. Right. And it gets stuffed. I'm going to read one piece of reaction here, and then yeah. we can see what you think about it. I like it. Uh, Dak Zaw says, "Think run was 100% the right call, but where was the deception?" Could they not line up one or two out wide to pull the defenders out of the box, out of a timeout? The play seemed a little too basic yeah. for me. I think there are probably thousands of people feeling the same way. Yeah. How about you? Well, I, I, I understand what they're saying there. I, that's a, a legitimate question. I'll say what a little bit what I said to Mike Florio this morning. This play has been dominating for them through two weeks, even last night. They scored twice on this play. They scored two touchdowns on the exact same right. football play. So – when you have that overwhelming success like that and you start to feel like, man, our quarterback, this play, not only is schematically putting the other team in a disadvantage, but it's almost like we're a physical force of nature here. Nobody's shown even the ability up until that point to even being close to stopping this type of play yet. I mean, he got in easy both times last right. night on this play. So I understand that. Now, this is where, yeah, okay, you know Pete Carroll, He's not afraid to take chances. They call the proper timeout. It is the Seattle Seahawks. They're known for their defense, their aggressive nature. You know, I would have at least thought about maybe we should do that fake run pass again or something like that because I feel like they're just, you know, they're foaming at the mouth, Seattle, to stop this play and stop Cam Newton to where I felt like they might go all out. Now, the play itself, Seattle played it different the third time. The first two times, and the guy that made the play is L.J. Collier, number 91. Defense end, first-round pick, 2019 draft. Early in the game, the two times the the Patriots uh, ran it, which I believe once was on the first drive of the game, and then the other one was early in the fourth quarter, uh, both you know down around the one-yard line. The, the, the 
the Patriots are in a big set, right? Yeah. It's seven offensive linemen. Yep. It's two tight ends. Mm-hmm. And then a fullback that's 255 pounds leading it up the hole for the 250-pound quarterback. So they're doing it like that. So the extra tight end to the left, who's the rookie uh, from Michigan, number 71, and I can't say his name, and I'm not going to even pretend to try to say it right now. You okay? said the important parts, tight end. Onuwenu, Onuwenu, no disrespect to him or his mm-hmm. family, mm-hmm. but he's an extra offensive lineman, rookie out of Michigan. In the first two successful attempts with the touchdown run, Seattle was pinching it, like pinching. So Collier, even though he was lined up like head-on with 71, maybe even slightly on the outside shoulder, he was going inside him. So he met Owen, Owen uh, 71, just blocked him down, mm-hmm. okay? And then that led the guard to come around on the pole, and then that fullback can lead up into the hole too. So they got two guys to lead in front of Cam Newton. Well, on this play... Instead of doing that, Seattle actually went the other way. They didn't pinch down. They almost went to that weak side. So now, instead of him being uh, blocked down by 71, he was on the edge of 71, on the outside shoulder. And I think that surprised 71, the fact that he went that way, because I'm sure he was coached all week, and, of course, the two reps earlier in the game. And that he got him on the edge. He didn't adjust quite quick enough. He only got a shoulder on a shoulder. And Collier got in there and, of course, knocked Cam Newton's legs up in the air. Right. And that was uh, that. Was that. So he, here's what I didn't like yeah. about it. Right. And this is the easiest thing to do on the biggest play of the biggest game all these hours later. Yeah, it's okay. To question it. But it's also fun conversation. Yep. I would have liked to have seen them if they wanted to have Cam carry the ball. And as you mentioned, it was very successful. Yeah. To get to it in a different way. They lined up in that tight formation. Right. That is a huge indicator we might run this yeah, play no where the quarterback just gets it and runs in there. No doubt. You know, based off the timeout that you mentioned, I'm sure if, at the very least mentioned, if not planned for, hey, watch out for that play. Watch oh, for Cam to They were keep selling it. out. Just so, they, they told their guys that they knew that play was coming. It was the number yes. one play they were likely looking right. for. The formation, when they lined up, said, we're going to yeah. do this. Then they cheated a back that way so, he was yeah. going to run. So, right. I remember when, when I was in Minnesota, we, we had this thing that was called explode. Yeah. So, we're going to be bunch tight left, sure. explode to jet right. Yeah. So maybe line up in that and then explode to have two sure. or three or four guys go out wide. Just sure. see how they react yeah. and then either stay with the play or do something else. I, I just thought it didn't give Seattle enough credit for thinking, you know what, they're probably going to do this again and we're going we're gonna to treat it differently this time. Yeah, no, I, I, listen, you can go either way on this. I'm not going to be mad on a level of, again, if they decided to do something crazy and it didn't work, we all would have sat here and gone, what the fuck? Nobody stopped Cam on a short yardage situation yet. Why don't they just fucking run it up the throat like they did to Miami and Seattle repeatedly last night? So I hear what you're saying, and mm-hmm. I'm not saying I disagree. I'm just saying I'm not going to make a big deal about like, oh, I don't love that play call. Play call. It's hard to get mad at a team who runs a play where they've been dominating with that play when they go to the well one more time. Now, yeah, yeah Seattle made a good play. Seattle was one step ahead Proper of Proper adjustment, time. exactly yep. right. Collier, and then the other guy I just want to mention on this play too, because even if Collier doesn't make the play, and this is just speaks to you more on what you're saying with Pete Carroll, I think he got these guys ready. Yeah. Bobby Wagner this time shot the gap at middle linebacker. So Shaq Mason, the right guard, he's going to pull to the left. Bobby Wagner ran through as he starts to – he shoots that gap. So Shaq Mason 
wasn't even going to be able to get out there and lead Cam mm-hmm. Newton, even if 91 was blocked properly, yep. because he had a stop to stop Bobby Wagner from cutting through and getting to Cam too quick as well. So, really, Seattle made the proper adjustments. They made the right. big play when they had to, and I'll give them credit for that. And if you remember, during that timeout, yeah. it, the, our, our focus at NBC wasn't on Pete. Like, Pete wasn't in the shot the entire time. Yeah. But during that timeout, for the latter part of it, it was focused on him, and the player he was having the conversation was with. Was 91. I right? thought he was, was talking it? to Bobby Wagner. Oh, it might have been Bobby Wagner. I, I think, think you're he right. was talking to Wagner. Right. And I right. remember thinking, God, I, I, wish, I wish I knew what he was saying yeah. to him. Yeah. And I thought it was some version of watch out for this play, but maybe he was, I mean, no. maybe they were dialing up I something I think he's telling different. that. I think he's telling them, hey, they're going to run this play, and I want you to play it this way this right. time. This will cause them. I mean, that, I would be, I would, I'd bet money on that's what he was telling them. Okay, so, so Cam's final play didn't yeah. work. Right. Cam in the second half, I thought he was terrific. Oh. Uh, 23 out of 33, 312 yards. Your takeaway of what you saw from him in his second game is well. I I mean, first off, going into the game, and I don't, you know, I don't, the pre you know pregame show last night, football night in America. I I you know I kind of one of my last statements was Seattle. It's Pete Carroll. It's old school. He's gonna have all these people at the line of scrimmage. He's not gonna die a slow death to the Patriot running game. Cam Newton's arm is going to have to win this game, or at least keep them honest. And I mean, as you watch back the game. Other than the interception where right. Quentin Dunbar made a good play, and I think really Cam Newton didn't re- – uh, Collinsworth explained it really well. Dun- Dunbar was outside already and playing a zone coverage. So he's outside leverage on the receiver, and the receiver wants to go outside. That's hard to win on that route. And Dunbar is a great evaluator of plays. And when I say that, because he plays zone, he, he backs off, but he's great at looking inside and seeing the totality of the, the play and reading the quarterback's drop. He's very talented. He did it at Washington a lot, too. So he saw that three-step drop, and he went, they're not, he, he took a chance. He said, they're not going to double move me, mm-hmm. and I got a little leverage here, so I'm going to go for it. Yeah. And he makes a great play. Other than that, I, don't, I can't sit here and look at one other play where I went, Stupid decision, right. bad throw, mm-hmm. even on, you know, some incompletions. I, I didn't come away going, oh, that was a bad throw. I mean, he was under pressure or it was a tight window and he threw it in a safe area. But this was the last thing we needed to see answered about this football team because I do think they're going to be able to run the ball on most teams. Right. Seattle's a different animal. And Seattle's playing defense differently than in years past. How we'll so? Get, well, we'll get to that. We'll yeah. get to that in a second. It, but, yep. I, I, but we'll get to that. They're playing differently than, than years back. Mm-hmm. And, and I think just so, so New England had to be careful about that a little bit, I think, with maybe some of the run game stuff they wanted to do last week or they did last week against Miami. I think they went in this game going, wait, if Seattle calls some of these defenses they called in Atlanta and what it looks like they're going to be, we're going to have a hard time doing some of these because Jamal Adams will be in the backfield before we can even, like, the run play will develop. Mm-hmm. So I think that, that forced them maybe to throw the ball a little bit more than they wanted to. But regardless, I mean, the decision-making, the pocket presence, his mechanics. I mean, really, if you think about it, and you and me were ex-quarterbacks, just think about the game. I, I can't really recall a ball that came out of his hand funny. No. Or, like, not exactly where he wanted it, except for maybe right. that quick out route. His, his motion looks a little bit more labored, and it, it, it takes him a little bit more. I don't know. It, it, it looks different than yeah. it did four or five years ago. Right. Ball came out great, but everything leading up to the ball coming out, it's a little bit longer. Yeah. And he's a little bit more compact. Definitely. The same way Drew is more compact. Definitely. And that happens when the shoulder is not quite as loose as it used to be. Right. But what I was most impressed with, and you mentioned pocket presence, 
How often did he so calmly and efficiently come off of his first read and just exactly. kind of stand up a little taller and find two or three and throw a perfect ball with the rush in his face? Yeah. I, I thought his pocket presence as it relates to finding the next part of his progression. No doubt. And then throwing a good ball was, was just terrific. Yeah, terrific. It was. Then let alone the plays that lent themselves to nothing being there, but then him making a high-level throw to mm-hmm. get a big play to Julian Edelman or Keel Harry or whatever it is. So that, to me, is the silver lining for the New England offense. You know, it, it really is. And, yeah, they didn't get to do what they wanted to do exactly on that side of the ball, but this Seahawks defense is different, and I'm going to dive into that right now. You know, the first thing I want to say is I watched New England's defense versus Seattle first. Mm -hmm. Then I went the other way around, and I went, all right, let me watch Cam versus Seattle's defense. When I turned on the game, the first thing I said is I said, whoa, Seattle's defense is in fast forward compared to New England's. Like, it's not even close. When you start to talk about, you know, Bruce Servant at the end of the line of scrimmage, some of those other defensive linemen, Bobby Wagner, K.J. Wright, Jamal Adams is up there by the line of scrimmage. You start – you go, whoa, okay. So New England had issues dealing with their speed. I do believe that. And and Seattle's one of those teams that likes to slant and do some stuff up front, and they kind of cause chaos that way. And New England had a hard time keeping up with that type of chaos. And then the linebackers are moving all around it. But to me, the first thing I want to do is give credit to Pete Carroll and John Schneider for really getting three different guys who changed their defense. And that is Dunbar at corner, who is the best corner on their football team. And – Getting Jamal Adams, who has completely changed the aura of the tenacity of their defense and everything. And then last year's tra- trade with Quandre Diggs. And I know he didn't pl- he got hurt. La- I mean, right. he got knocked out of the game because he took the cheap shot. But they have given that team a different look, a different attitude. And it's emboldened them to finally branch out of the Seattle scheme. Yeah. And that's where I was think they're yeah. different. And that's where I, and I want to let you get to that. But I yeah. want to frame it a little more in that. Yeah. For so long, they had different safeties, and they had two of them. And they had Cam Chancellor and Earl Thomas. Right. And that allowed them, along with the other talent, to play in a different way, a suffocating, awesome, terrific way to play. Those two guys are gone. Now that they have Jamal Adams, and yeah. you've mentioned this a couple of times, they're playing differently. Yeah. How are they playing differently? Right. And what is Adams allowing them to do? or like, What is he bringing them that's letting them do something different? This is what... And going back to a little last week, to because people started to go, you know, I mean, is Seattle going to keep throwing the ball and doing these things? And then when I watched Seattle's defense last week in Atlanta, I went, oh, no, this is going to be their new style. Because it's let it fly on offense, and mm-hmm. it's let it fly on defense. So and like, like more man coverage? Or? A little bit more of variations of coverages, mm-hmm. but the biggest thing is more blitzing. And I told Pete, and I know he just sent me a text message, because I said, Pete, I don't think Seattle's ever blitzed this Pete much. Carroll? No, they are Pete. Yeah, yeah. A little lesser Pete. Okay, <laughs> younger but lesser. Okay, yeah, and a lot less poorer. Like not nearly as rich <laughs> as Pete. Okay, but either way, um, with with um, yeah, they're usually a rush four, drop seven, play mm-hmm. their scheme every now and then. We'll rush five and still play zone behind it, but. They've been blitzing off the charts, and Jamal Adams has been one of those blitzers, and they have changed up some of the coverages and how they're approaching that way. And it's a little bit of like shit or get off the pot approach on the defensive side of the ball, which I like Mm -hmm. because their strength of their team is their offense. There's no doubt about that. So I'm just looking at this because he just sent it to me. And so so 2018, they were 25th in football with 21% blitz. Okay. 2019. 
17th in football with 28% blitz. Actually, a little higher than I would have even expected. But right now, they're blitzing 40% of the time. Wow. Right. Wow. Which is what my eye was telling me as I was watching. I was just going, I- I've never seen them do what they're doing right now. And then. How much of that is the Jamal Adams effect? Well, I think it's a lot of his because I also look at it and go, there's two things. Here's the other thing. Out of the 40% blitzes, 29% of them are DB blitzes. So that tells you too. Wow. So they're getting him in the backfield to cause chaos, mm-hmm. uh, make plays that way. They don't have a very good pass rush. So that's one other issue. That was evident. Definitely. They can't rely on their front four yet. It's it's not there. And I think that's where Jamal Adams. Cam do some of the things I was talking about. Definitely. Two and three often. Definitely. And never panicking in the pocket to to what you're saying and staying in a good throwing motion. You know, that's where I was just so impressed. And and Collins were talked about it a little bit. But how many times in the past, I'm just going to stand up real quick, Mm -hmm. where I've seen like, okay, and I don't know if everybody can see my head. I don't give a damn. But Cam would be over here, and like you're saying, and now, okay, it's time to go over here. His eyes would be over there, but his body would still be lined up over here. And then he'd just go, like, I'm the man. It doesn't matter where my feet are. But last night, I mean, you saw him, and he – Moving you know, on. and yeah. he was always in perfect position, yep. and it led to accurate throws, and it leads to clean balls out of his hands, yeah. too, where you see it that way. Yeah. Um, is Adams the best blitzer on that team now? Yes. Adams is I, – I, I know I said this two weeks ago. Other than Aaron Donald and maybe a few other pass rushes in football, he's one of the best defensive players in football. Oh, for sure. He's just, he's, he's unbelievable. Now, has he been burned in pass coverage a few times uh, the last few weeks? Yes. Yeah, he got yeah. some big they plays found last him. night. They, they found did. him in coverage. They found him. He's learning a new system. Yeah. So he's learning a new system, and they're putting him in some tough spots. I mean, hey, play safety, you know, 10 yards off the – and Guard Edelman, covered by, Edelman yourself. by yourself. Yeah. Right. See, yeah. so that's where, like, I would always go, like, see, grading is – that's where you got to be careful because I'm sure he's going to get a negative grade, but not like any fo- safeties in football are going to be asked to cover Julian Edelman – on a deep post route, man-to-man downfield, you know, 50 yards down the field. So I think that's the big thing. And um, let me just see if I miss anything here in my, in my notes. Um, first, Cam throwing, mechanics, we hit that. We the hard time. Russell Wilson. Yep, hold on. I just want to make sure I don't miss anything. Hard time blocking the chaos. We've said that. Secondary blitzes. Ken Norton Jr., we've got to give him credit because he has gone out of his realm of comfor- comfortable – you know, comfortableness or whatever the hell the word Outside is. Outside his comfort zone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's a better way to say it. And, yeah, they're changing up coverages a little bit. And like what they're doing with the blitzing, I really do like that. And, uh, yeah, I think that's about it. I think that's about it. But either way, the Patriots' pass game is alive now, and this is going to be a good thing for them going forward because now teams are going to play them and be like, damn. Yeah. Okay, what do we stop here? This is going to be a little bit tougher than we expected. We thought we were going to go into cam, stop the running game and the creativity that way, but now you got to worry about a drop-back pass offense that certainly can gash you too. thought it was a really fun part of the matchup to watch when the Patriots had the ball and the Seahawks were on defense. And we're so used to these two brands being really, really, really good, but there's yeah. a layer of new to it with Cam Newton, 
running the show now for the Pats. Definitely. And a big layer new with Jamal Adams. Oh, yeah. Everything he's bringing to the Seahawks. And you can see so, they were in each other's face the whole night. Yeah, it was. it's expected when you see those two helmets out there, hey, this is going to be a fun one. Yeah. But th- there's some new parts to it, and I thought that just added a layer Definitely. to what an enjoyable watch Definitely. was. Second week in a row we've seen Cam Newton piss the other team off, too. I mean, that's he's, right? he's the best there yeah, is yeah. in the business at it. Getting the in best the heads for sure. And Jamal's good at it, too. His counterpart, Russell Wilson. Yeah. I, I could say so many things to get you started here, but my favorite is – Nine touchdowns and 11 incompletions yeah, so insane. far. And I'd say half of those incompletions are balls he's just trying to throw away anyway. Yeah, right. I don't think there's really any I've looked at where I've just been like, oh, man, he missed this or whatever. I mean, you're right. Just just stupid ones or things that don't even pop out in your brain. You expected him to be awesome. I think he had yeah. him rated second yes. in all your quarterbacks. Right. Is he even better right now? And if so, how? Yeah, well, I think I think so. I, I, I do think, you know, just as we sit here, you can certainly say, I mean, if somebody went to me, I think Russell Wilson is better than Patrick Mahomes. I wouldn't be like, you're fucking stupid. Right. Yeah, right? Like, what are you, crazy? No, I, I understand that. I mean, am I taking Mahomes still? Yes, I am. I'm sorry. I don't mean that. But – Russell is still amazing what we're seeing. And then this is, goes back to, again, the, the change in approach on the offensive side of the ball. You, know, there, you see it last night. Even though they were balanced last night, it's different than we're going to run the ball for the first three quarters and now the fourth quarter we got to throw and now that's how we're going to create our balance where it was really all run, 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 and now it's all pass, pass, pass for the last 30 plays of the game. Right now they're coming out firing. And then they're going to the run game after that because they're starting to go. Teams are starting to go. Whoa, putting you in a bind. So they're. So I think the first thing I want to do is go. Pete Carroll, way to go to have the vision to go. Wait, my my offense is the talent of my team right now. And, Big change. Right. Big change. Right. So that Brian Schottenheimer, I mean, way to way to go, dude. I mean, just the the offense. I never thought I'd see Seattle like this. Motions, different formations, different personnel sets. I'm seeing different schematical passing plays down the field. And that was the one complaint you had last year. Like, yes. I wish they did more to help Russell Wilson. Exactly right. So, so now, now you're seeing them help him more. I am seeing them help him more, and now he's got talent around him. You know, I think that sometimes we all forget that, like, Patrick Mahomes does have Kelsey and Tyree Just, Kill and yeah. Sammy Watkins and, right. you know, Andy Reid. And here – you know, Russell Wilson, this is the first time he's had a group like this. And, again, I, I know I've talked about this a little. Like, Doug Baldwin and Kirsch, they were great. But they're not this type of specimen that Lockett and DK Metcalf is. I mean. Ninth receiver in the draft a couple years ago. Right. Number one on crazy. Chris Sims' list. <laughs> yes. D- and he might be. I mean, DK Metcalf is on pace right now to just go, oh, I might be the best receiver in football before this year's over. Mm-hmm. But I think that's where I want to start. And then I think the second thing that just jumped out to me right off the bat, Paul, is I've never seen Belichick be as boring and basic early on in a football game as he was in this. He's lining up and playing zone? Zones. Like, like he was like, I don't, know, I don't trust getting in the face of these guys early on. Hmm. I just don't trust it because – you know, the one thing they will do is they'll take their shots. And I think he was probably like, early on in the game, let me just get, let's let our team get a feel for them. I think it was the ultimate respect, respect play for Russell Wilson, basically, where he's like, I'm not going to give him a chance early because he's going to burn me if we do. Right. And I've never seen them do that. Now, here's my other wrinkle to why I've never seen them do this. Where J.C. Jackson, nobody has talked about this yet. J.C. Jackson is undoubtedly one of the top ten best corners in football. He did not play the first quarter of the game last night. Hmm. I've texted people 
in New England and even like people in the Boston media, like can someone figure this out? Like what the, why, why didn't he not play? You got any answers? No, nothing yet. But he didn't come into the second quarter. And then that's when their defense kind of changed a little bit and they were a little bit more willing to go to some man-to-man and things like that. But I'll just say when J.C. Jackson wasn't in there, there was two big touchdown passes on his replacement, which was McCourty. You know, the not not uh, not Devin, the um, what's the other McCourty's name? Jason. Um, Jason McCourty, thank you. <laughs> yes, the first touchdown, scramble to the right, Russell Wilson throws it, bam. Which, by the way, was the most impressive throw to me. I know his deep balls were no, awesome. No, no, that was an unbelievable going play. going to your right, right. you to your left, yeah. and hitting somebody moving the opposite direction right. as fast as they can, it's nearly impossible. Yes. I, I don't think that got enough love just for I – mean, it was a shorter throw, yeah. and his deeper balls are prettier. Right. But the degree of difficulty on that first touchdown pass was just awesome. No doubt about it. Let alone he escaped the pocket and ran to his right, and those are things you don't see New England do. You know, they don't usually let people do those type of things. And Russell, just a number of times, this is just how to- on top of his game he is right now, other than the interception, right, is just so accurate, sees the field so well, throws the deep ball so well, and then – even when you have him bottled up on a bootleg and you go, oh, he's not going to be able to do anything. Oh, he, he makes the defense end miss and he runs for five yards or throws a ball sidearm for a touchdown. I, I think that's the big thing I'm amazed by with him right now. And, yeah, there's nobody playing better than Russell Wilson right now. He's, right? he's on fire. It seems like if you're a defensive coordinator getting ready to play the Seahawks, you just, hey, we're going to do what we do best and hope that in the 16 games we get him for the one or maybe two where – he gets a B minus instead of an A or an A plus. Yeah. Just hope you catch him right. a little bit off guard because what are you going to do to him with this new system, with no, the help around him, the way he's playing and the way he's feeling it, that's going to throw him off? No, I, I, and it's it, not rhetorical. Like, I'm wondering, is there – No, it's a good question. You're right. It, it, we haven't seen it yet to know what that scheme or what it will be. My, my early thought would be because I thought New England really matched up well with them, right, because they're secondary. And I thought, okay, they'll be able to slow some of this stuff down. And – Within their front seven now, Bill will be able to do creative things to slow him down from not scrambling and doing things like that. Well, the other issue that came into play here was the the Patriots lack big people. They do not have a lot of big people on their roster this year. And this is where, again, Schottenheimer and Pete Carroll playing through the pass is great, but they did a great job of also recognizing, like, hey, I think we have an advantage just size-wise on them. Let's just push them around a little bit. And I think that – you know, is an issue, too, to where it made me after the game go, oh, you might need, like, a really great big physical front four and go, hey, front four, we're not helping you out in the run today. You guys, it's all you. Mm-hmm. We're, all these other guys are about Metcalf and Russell Wilson scrambling. That's all we're worried about. And it might take some sort of formula like that. I don't think New England's up front, up front talented enough to do that, so they had to do it a different way, but that would be my – We'll see answer yeah. to, to what you're asking. We'll keep an eye on it yeah. throughout the year and see right. if anybody comes up with something to kind of throw him off a little bit. All right, Seahawks 2-0 and, yep. and the Patriots down to 1-1. One one. Yep, hold on. I'm going to make yep. sure I don't miss anything else because I just want to make sure I give credit to everything there, and I'm just amazed by it. I will say that I think Dante Hightower and Patrick Chung last night was the first time I went away and go, ooh, I think there's a few plays they missed them. The second level, the Patriots are so slow, they're linebackers. They could not tackle Russell Wilson on space. I would think Hightower would be a little bit better than they were. And then you saw that wide-open, shallow cross for the touchdown, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that was a, a blown coverage. It's J.C. Jackson. You know, they, they tricked them up. But then again, Schottenheimer lines up Lockett in the backfield at tailback. And 
the Patriots are like trying to figure it out on the fly. And just as the ball snapped, they figure it out. But J.C. Jackson's not sure who's covering Lockett. So he stays there for a split because he sees him coming his way going, maybe I'll take him. Nobody's covering him. But it was, then he realized, oh, wait, the guy does got him. And now I got to go get my guy. And it was too late. But like, that's I'm just another example of like, what what the fuck did Seattle right. do this offseason? They yeah. had a good offseason. Yeah, they did. They really did. And um, I is think it, this is not anywhere near the type of scheme you were describing last no, year. No, it's definitely not. It's I'm very excited about it right now, and it's making me feel better that I picked them to go to the Super Bowl as of this second. I'm feeling good about that. And I've never seen anybody do to Stephon Gilmore what DK Metcalf did last night. Just the, the push Which him around. Just, just physicality. Yeah. Yeah. Gilmore usually always wins the physical matchups. Yeah. And he, he was unable to do that. And then, of course, just the pure you know, speed of Metcalf, too, put him in a bind to where he had to respect the speed. He couldn't totally get up in his face. Mm-hmm. And you saw some of the big plays down the field and just you know a few little short catches he got extra yards on. But he, he's a beast. He actually missed that, that, that really long touchdown to Metcalf. Or I think Russell threw it 55 or 60 yards in the air. Right. And he dropped it in there really well. But had he turned his head, the ball was a little bit underthrown. Under, definitely was underthrown, no doubt. And we're, I know. we're giving the Seahawks offense a lot of credit for yeah. that play. Yeah. Gilmore was there. Had he turned around, I think he could have made that play even picked yeah, up. Yeah, no doubt. And I mean, he really gets his hand in there. It's, it's amazing. It's DK caught it so clean yeah. and then, then powered through the tackle. But you're right. Wilson threw it about five yards short. And to add it again with Schottenheimer, I would bet you that was a tendency breaker play. Mm. I bet you that was. The way New England played it, they looked like they felt like they knew what route combination was coming. And it was a little bit like the old Tyree Kill two-jet wasps we saw. Mm-hmm. They, they're running, you know, it's slot receiver to the right. The inside guy's running the post to clear out the safety, and you're going to run the in-cut behind it, right? Yeah. Well, he threatens to the post and gets them all going that way, just like Tyree Kill against the 49ers in the Super Bowl, and then he went back out that way. And I think that caught Gilmore by surprise, too. And then the safety was way over there thinking, like, hey, this post is going to run right to me. We're good. And uh, it didn't work out. But uh, They had self-scouted thyself. They had self-scouted thyself. Which we're going to do here in a little well, bit. Well, and if you're playing New England and you're not self-scouting yourself, then you're not going to win the game yeah. because they're going to know your shit just as good as you are. Put that one to bed? Yeah, let's do it. Seahawks, Pats? Okay. Yep. We almost went with, the way I understand it, almost yeah. went to Cowboys-Falcons for yeah. deep dive number two. Right. And we'll touch on that game here in a little bit. Yep. But let's go to Chiefs. Chargers by point oh look at this did it get passed up here oh my here gosh I didn't know it was that close it was so when we fr- made the decision the Chiefs were up like by 0.2 percent now the Cowboys has gone ahead by point point one percent wow but it's too late we already watched Chiefs Chargers so voting we're just we're just getting we're, we're just getting ready for <laughs> yeah for we'll get we'll, voting we'll hit Cowboys Falcons truly deep dive Wednesday okay yeah uh, but That's I right. know we're going to talk about it so we'll touch on here. here a little yeah. bit Chiefs Chargers. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Loved the way Justin Herbert played. I know that the Chiefs won the game. Incredible finish by Butker. I mean, just to hit three in a row. Uh, it's that's insane. A, I mean, what a pro. Yeah. But let's start with Justin Herbert. I have some thoughts on the way it happened unexpectedly, him getting that first start. Uh, but I'd like to hit you first on, on how it started for him, yeah. the surprise element to it. Tyrod <laughs> Taylor was supposed to play. Um, so what do you think of how it began? For oh, him? I mean, first off, I can't even imagine. You're, you're just sitting there thinking, like, okay, hey, where's the gum? And where's my clipboard <laughs> where's my and my hat? And yeah. let me listen to the plays and see if I can learn what's going on out here. And, 
help out Tyrod in the offense, and all of a sudden, I mean, the way it's explained by Anthony Lynn and Herbert is it's like they're lining up for the kickoff, and they're going, hey, he's going, hey, you're going to start today. <laughs> and I think Anthony Lynn, I heard the comment last night as I was kind of falling asleep, like he said something like, I think he thought I was joking when I first yeah. said it. And uh, either way. I think it's great. It is great. I think it's good for two reasons. Yeah, go okay? ahead. Number one. Yeah. And we talked, and I, I think it's fun when these guys who we both liked a lot, you had him as your number two quarterback right. in Burrow, I think, and yeah. a lot of people did not. Mm-hmm. It's fun to see them succeed early. Yeah. And, but there are two things that I see that they can really get in the way of these really talented but inexperienced young quarterbacks. Yeah. Their own angst that can kind of build sure. up during the week. Like you're great at practice, you get home, you're like, holy shit, I'm starting in the NFL yeah, tonight. No doubt. And they have that the whole week. Right. That was removed. Right. Accidentally, yeah. but that's out the window. You're right. It's a good point. Number two, something else that can constrain that talent and kind of kind of put it in a bad place is an offensive coordinator and a head coach who get together during the week and say, let's get them off to a good start. Yeah. Let's be kind of conservative, okay? Right. Don't let them cut it loose down the field. Well, they already had the game plan. Yeah. So they can't do that. So just, I mean, accidentally again, those two things that can really kind of keep the talent at bay for a young quarterback, right. they were done. Yeah. I, I, it, the, the thing you talk about, the week of angst, is very interesting. For the QB and the coaches. No doubt. And it does. You know, during the week, especially I felt like in my first few starts, I never thought about it. And then Friday, you'd have that early practice. I'd get home. I'd eat dinner. I'd be sitting on the couch. By yourself. At like 7.30, right. And I'd be like, oh, shit. We're getting close this is to all game on time me. here. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm right. starting quarterback. We lost in the my NFL. first start last week, and I might never start again if we don't win this week. What if I can't take a step? I better. What yeah. If? I mean, there's no doubt. So that is out the window. I don't think the the guy first off played really well, mm-hmm. considering the circumstances, and was unfazed by the moment, and really, other than one play, was very smart throughout the game. And I'll get to that in a second. That one play. But just as far as you're talking about the, the first drive, I mean, we saw it all. Yeah, poise, big-time arm. We saw him run for the touchdown. He was tested one time on an all-out blitz because I think Spagnuolo's going, this rookie's not going to know where to go when I send all these people. He won, throws the ball in the right place there. So really efficient on the first drive. I mean, big picture is the first throw I saw of the game, I went, whoa. Because you can barely see the ball on the film. I mean, he has a missile mm-hmm. for an arm, and he does it with ease. And I saw throws throughout the day where you just go, that's like, that's Mahomes or Kyler Murray type crap there. Like, you're not supposed to throw that. What was your favorite one? I, I don't know if it's the touchdown in the back left corner. That was great. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Where the corner, his, he's doing his job the right way. He's supposed to midpoint the seam route, mm-hmm. and the guy on the outside of him, and I think he's sitting there going, well, this guy's not Patrick Mahomes. He's not going to be able to throw some laser out here like this. And all of a sudden he, he was uh, – and you can even see his reaction. Like he was like, whoa, that ball went <laughs> fast by me. Yeah. So that – he threw another throw. I want to say on the same drive down the middle to Keenan Allen um, into really tight coverage. But, yes, I, I don't know how you couldn't be impressed with what you saw from him yesterday. And not an easy defense to play. Kansas City does a lot of different stuff. They game plan, and they throw a lot of different looks at you that way to where it's not easy for a rookie. And I thought they called the game the right way, and, of course, he played well too. So a little bit of feedback here from social. At Danny Phantom says, you were right about Herbert, Chris. He looks amazing. Those are all caps. There's no exclamation point, but you get the the point. I got it. little pat on the back. Yep. 
As for Patrick Mahomes, yeah. this was an interesting, different type of game for him and the offense. Sergeant Quack says, Chris, I'd love to know why Mahomes had the worst game of his career. Yeah, yeah. Well, you want to go over to that side of the ball? You want to hit that now? He might as well, right? I don't think we have anything more unless you want to hit anything more in the Chiefs uh, charge, if, Chiefs D. I'm good to move, I'm good yeah, to, move to this side. It. Yeah, let's do it. So – so I don't think he had the worst game of his career, but I, I think that that starts you off on kind of the right point. No, it's, that this person is saying, why did Mahomes struggle? It's one of the ugliest games of his career, and now well, we'll get into it. It's not. It's not because of him. Okay. Do I think he was a hair off early on in the game, and maybe there was a few throws where I went, oh, I mean, Mahomes usually hits that, and yet it was a little low at the knees or things like that. Yeah. Okay. But this is. A scheme they have trouble with. And what is that? It's the Seattle scheme. The old, this is, the old or the new scheme? It's the, ad, the old one. The old, the old one. This is, the, this is 20. We're down 20 to 10 in the fourth quarter to the 49ers. You know, we lose at home two years ago on a Thursday night to the Chargers. It's the same issue. The Chargers last year in Mexico City. It was the same game. What's it was, that scheme? Like, the Cliff Notes run, version. Rush four, drop seven, okay. don't let up a big play. And Why does that give them a hard time? Because they're always looking for the big play. Mm. That's their biggest problem. And last year, Paul, I don't know if we were doing the pod together during this time, but they played each other on a Monday night game in Mexico City. Mm-hmm. And they struggled the same exact way. And then late in the game, he found them the magic and figured out what to do. And it's the same type of thing. They, they, they have to find more ways. One, they need to find more ways to attack this scheme because the scheme is a little bit of their kryptonite. And again, this is going to be a continuing theme. We saw it a little in week one, but in a different way, where teams are just going to play them and go, we're not going to give Copy them a big play. league. I mean, of course. Yeah, we're I mean, going to get back. We're going to get back. And a little context here. I mean, yeah. four of their first five drives ended with a punt. Yeah. It happens to other teams. It doesn't happen to the Chiefs. They couldn't get anything going. And then, you know, as we've talked about, you know, oh, cross, post, in cut, all these deep throws. Well, they have a great front four. They have three first-rounders on their front four. And, and though all three of them, Tillery, Bosa, mm-hmm. and Ingram, can rush the quarterback. The Chiefs' offensive line lost the battle in the game yesterday. And then when you continually call those type of plays that are down the field, down the field, and it's a zone coverage and they're dropping to areas, it, it just it doesn't match up. What adjustments should they make then? Because, I mean, as we both know and just said, there's going to be more of that coming because everybody's watching. Yeah, and last year this was the jumping-off point at Mexico City to where they started to expand their underneath attack a little bit. And I don't know why we didn't see more of it yesterday, but they really got to do their due diligence on this. I mean, one, they could end up playing Seattle in the Super Bowl. That's who I picked to play. I mean, so you might see a lot of these type of schemes. Could see San Francisco again, whatever it may be. I th- they got to go back to the like the lab and watch other teams who have had success against the ste- against this scheme and do that because there's nothing schematically that changed in this football game. They won this game for one reason: Mahomes' ability to move. That's it. That's there's no other way. Because in the I'm just reading this here, they, they scored four drives in a row, and this is after five of the first six drives, yeah, including the first one in the second half ended with a punt. Then they scored four in a row. Only right. one touchdown drive, but they were kicking field goals. So the scheme de- defensively didn't change at all. They, they just started having a little bit more success, and you're saying it's because Mahomes is moving around better? It's all there is. There's nothing else I'm going to be able to sit here and tell you. They played this Seattle coverage for the better part of the day. 
the one good thing that Gus Bradley and them did is in a few big situations, they might have played man or threw in a blitz here and there, but very minute. I think it was like one or two all-out blitzes. They didn't blitz for the better part of the day because mm. they weren't going to leave Tyreek or somebody one-on-one downfield for a big shot or anything like that. No, the game was won because of his ability to scramble and run. Whatever you want to talk about. You want to talk about, you know, the game-tying drive, third and 20, okay, to get 21 yards about that. to go do that? Or do you want to talk about the first touchdown drive, the six-play, 95-yard uh, drive that – oh, no, no, the first touchdown drive that gave them six points, the 10-play, 73-yard drive that made it 7-6. Those, the two biggest plays on that drive were Mahomes scrambling and running. He made big runs. So he makes a big run there. They get the short field on the interception uh, by Justin Herbert, which was his worst play of the day. Yeah, it was yeah. a second and two. He had the first down if he just ran it, and he tried to throw a ball across his body post route going yeah. the other way. So that was truly a rookie dumb mistake. Right. So that sets up the short field goal uh, for that. Then now you got 17 to 9. Think about the next one, the greatest throw we've seen this year, which is on the run, full speed, 55-yard laser. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's running out of the pocket to the right. That Let him do that. So there's that. And then you get into um, the last drive in overtime again and things like that. It's, I mean, the last drive and then into overtime, it's his running. Mm. I mean, it's, it's his movement. That's all there is to it. They didn't find any part of their scheme that they started to go, oh, wait, we found the answers. Here we go. Right. No. They just maybe called a few more underneath plays. I thought the underneath was good, too, because yeah. the, the, the one play yeah. you described, his best throw was phenomenal. I mean, it was, it was standard Patrick Mahomes. Right. He hit once or twice uh, a game, it seems like. But his numbers will tell you it was a lot more underneath. I mean, those Definitely. last four drives where they scored in all of them, 18 out of 25 for 222. Nice numbers, yeah, but not big explosive no. numbers like Shallow we normally cross see. Shallow cross the Tyree so kill. Th- they adjusted yeah. a little bit, and right, we're okay with that conservative style. I, 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 this, this to me, and, and we said this a little last year, but this will be the big thing for them going forward. That they just they need to go to like they need to watch New England versus the Atlanta Falcons in the twenty-eight-three comeback. They need to watch New England versus Seattle in Super Bowl forty-nine. They need to watch New England versus the Chargers a few years ago in the divisional playoff and steal some ideas about how to stress the scheme itself out. They just don't have enough plays that attack the scheme. You know, they just run their plays and attack. Mm-hmm. And then they just go, we're good enough and we'll protect and he'll make plays. But as you can see, I mean, they lived on the edge there yesterday yeah. where one bounce of the ball the wrong way and they're going to lose the football game. Right. And uh, I think that's the big thing. And I just want to make sure. But you're right, some of those shallow crosses, he hits Kittle, uh, Kelsey over the middle a few times. Um, your, your favorite running back in the draft caught six balls. Caught six balls as well. That came accurate. in handy. Yeah. You know, didn't see much screen game stuff, which yeah. I was surprised about, which you would think you would see, especially with a – team that's dropping back that deep and then it has a front four that's as aggressive as that and I, I, while you're looking for yeah. for your your final notes on this game Tony made a comment Tony Romo made a comment I thought coming out of the break uh, or coming out of halftime where he said something about the front four of the Chargers is winning in a way that he thought the Chargers were going to win the game yeah and you, you kind of touched on that a little bit right how good the Chargers defensive front is or was yesterday maybe that's the thing that people in the AFC West are going to look for. I, well, I think so. I think so. Now, listen, he's, yeah, he's lost to the Chiefs. 
You know, he lost to Seattle in Seattle two years ago. Yeah. You know, but yeah, and then we saw what, you know, San Francisco did, but it is. It's, you're going to have a special front four to mess with this guy. Yeah. And they do. You know, we've saw Tillery in person at Notre Dame for years. He's an unbelievable interior pass rusher. Right. With those two freaks on the edge to go along with it. Mm -hmm. And now you got a Kenneth Murray who's a first-rounder at middle linebacker. You know, I mean, it's pretty good. They got four four first-rounders in their front seven. And then Linvel Joseph is no, you know, no pushover either. But, yeah, they controlled the game for the most part. They couldn't find a running game, and that front did a great job there. And – yeah, they were all over Mahomes and just making him uncomfortable in the first half to where they couldn't get anything going. The biggest thing they made the mistake with is they just lost their gap integrity a few times. And especially on the third and 20 to set up the field goal, that's third and 20 gets a 21-yard run. That was one of the few times all game they blitzed. They brought five, and, you know, it's just one of those things. Like, this is one guy, he's smart. You know, he's, he's got great recognition skills now. He knows how people want to defend him. So when he sees that drop-off like that, like, whoa, six or seven guys are going that deep, one of the first things that triggers in his mind now is, let me buy time or let me see if I can run if they're going to do that. And he was really effective and led their team in rushing yesterday. The big and is, and the Chiefs won. And the Chiefs won. Chiefs found a way to win. They took yes. a really good shot from the Chargers. And uh, that hurts. Chargers, pro- Chargers outplayed them. Yeah, you know, exactly. They outplayed them. Yeah. But that's, that's life playing against Patrick Mahomes right now. When, when your 49ers offense, outplayed them too. Right? Yeah. Offense not at your best and you score four consecutive drives yes. in the game. I mean, that's it's, it's unreal. Kudos he's, to them. He's been down by 10 points or more the last five games in a row he's played. And they win every it's one a pattern, of them. pattern, right? It's insane. Come back and win. Yeah. All right. Damn okay. Damn. One of the Chris Sims signature elements here. I guess so. I guess it's a signature element. Is there is there music? Is there is there something that's going to run? Here Usually he okay. jams my you know like Damn. funky Eminem beat that goes okay. with it. There it is. Damn. I knew there was something. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No. I mean, yes. I'm okay. Is it the, the same mix as last year? Is this new? Oh, <laughs> it's the same baby. as last year. I, I think it's in Chris Sims. Okay. Pete, did you mix that up? Damn. <laughs> Okay. He says same as last year. Yes. Not like the Seattle defense. No, no, same, no it's, this is the same as last year, yes. Our damn okay begins with Cowboys, Ooh. Falcons. What a game. What a game. 40-39. Hey, think about the Cowboys. You're down double digits. You're 0-1. I mean, you're, you're this close to starting the season 0-2. Yeah. I mean. You talk about desperation, a team that had to have that final effort. Dak Prescott, I mean, damn. 400-plus? Insane. I'm going to read you one stat here. You can fire it up here on this game. Per Elias, teams were 440-0. and I heard this. When scoring 39 points and having zero turnovers since 1933 until the Falcons lost yesterday. Whoa. Falcons are a team that will break your heart. They're kind of like the way the Chargers were the last 10 years with Phillip Rivers. Right. A lot of big plays. They're right there. Yeah. A lot of moments where you think they're pretty good. And then in the end, it just – No. Well, it's hard to put teams away when you don't have a running game and then you don't have a really a great front four either. It's just it's hard to win those type of games. So there they are. Yeah, they got ahead. And, and listen, they blew it. I'm not trying to get it, but it's not a great pass rush. They're not super talented in the secondary. And then they're playing a team that's got a really good offensive line to pass protect yeah. and is really talented at wide receiver. That's And, and Atlanta – is running last year's Seattle scheme. So they don't change anything. <laughs> yeah. So that's a bad combination from when you have a lead. Right. And I think that lends to like 28 to 3 or what we saw here. 
uh, to letting teams that are talent, talented and have a little of a system mm-hmm. so they can settle into the game and kind of expose them that way. And because Dak Prescott, had they lost this game, yeah. been the most scrutinized, he would have been the most scrutinized quarterback in the league today. Yeah. The Cowboys would have been the most questioned team if they were 0-2. Definitely. So, other side, let's. what's the biggest compliment you can give to this team and to Dak Prescott? Well, I, I think there's just the – the fact that they just kept firing. I mean, that, that's the one thing. I mean, the offense was certainly nothing to be concerned about through two weeks. Was it perfect week one? No. Yesterday it was awesome other than the, the turnovers early on. I mean, they came out and they played sloppy football, got down 20 to nothing, and really after that point started to con- control and dictate the game. Now, do the Falcons have chances to put it away? Yeah, I mean, Julio Jones dropping the pass from – Gage, the receiver in the Wildcat formation, probably would have been game over if he catches that. That's it. You know? And, of course, just jump on the onside kick that's, you know, slowly rolling to the 10-yard cool mark. How was that, by the way? Yeah, it was a great kick. Amazing. Of course, Zerline, John Fossil. I mean, they invent something new on special right. teams every year. Mm-hmm. So I don't know why we're surprised, but, yeah, that, that, that in itself, you know, and – How about Dan Quinn, two-point conversion attempt? Oh. Yeah. I mean, twenty-six to ten. What, what, what? It's it's the second quarter. Did, did we? He's did he? I didn't know he knew how the next two and a half quarters were going to play out. Yeah. I mean, we saw we, we saw the Patriots go for two earlier in the game two last night. Like yeah. I just I don't understand it. No, and I don't. Well, I definitely don't understand it in the second quarter of the game. It's yeah. second quarter. It's tw- it's it's twenty-six to seven. It's almost like the hex. It's the guarantee. You don't get this. You're going to miss that point. You're going to miss that point later in the game when it matters. Well, just to trump that one, okay, there was a dumber one made by the other coach later on in the game when the Cowboys are down by nine and then try to go to two to make it. I mean, if they don't win that game yesterday, Mm. all sports radio and all the talking heads on TV, all we're talking about is what Mike McCarthy's thinking. For the second week in a row. That kind of saved him. It definitely saved him. Yeah. No doubt. So – yeah, I, I think that with Dallas, Dallas offense, I mean, it's impressive. I think it'll continue to be impressive. Dallas's defense, I don't know, there's question marks yeah. there. There's no doubt about that. But uh, that's heartbreaking for the Atlanta Falcons. And that's what I go back to. Not having a closer on defense, not having a run game to rely on and being able to beat people up physically up front, it doesn't allow them to close football games out. Right. NFC North Packers beat the Lions 42-21. Aaron Rodgers, yes. Aaron Jones is the guy in this one, though. Aaron's, yeah, damn okay. Aaron Jones, wow. First off, the Lions, and I'll be interested to watch this on film, and we'll deep dive this maybe on Wednesday, but came out of the gates just firing. I mean, up and down the field. They have their moments on offense, don't they? What? They really do. They can be fun to watch. You know, no Kenny Galladay yesterday, so you don't even have that. But, you know, before that game even gets going, you're going, whoa, it's 14-0. They're in trouble. Like, Green Bay looks like they're sluggish today. (laughs) But – they just turn it on. And the same thing as last week I just looked at. I just think they're more aggressive on that side of the ball. Offensively. And, yes. Yeah. And because of that, they're a little bit of a pick-your-poison type attitude on defense where you go, man, are they with Rodgers and the way they're pushing the ball down the field, are we going to play coverage? And that leaves itself open to 85 some points lanes. in two games. Yeah. They're letting it go. Rodgers has been playing amazing. Yeah. Um, and LaFleur – just the, just the two things I've noticed is just it, it's not like we're not looking to throw the ball for six-yard gains anymore. Yeah. We're trying to come out and throw for 20, 30, 40-yard gains when we're dropping back to pass, and I right. think Rodgers is uh, feeling good if about think that. Think about that offense we saw at the end of last year. They, they were good enough, and Aaron had some awesome plays. Yeah. Home playoff win against Seattle. Right. 
But then they just a couple times at the end of the year, including yeah, the, had the some hard moments, loss, just some really really right. bad games. Yeah. And they appear to have learned from that and, as you pointed out, gotten a lot more aggressive. Yeah, I think that's the big thing. I know LaFleur made comments all offseason about him wanting to – they needed more explosive plays on the offensive side of the ball. They seem to be dialing up those plays a lot more. And, and uh, they're getting contributions from, you know, some other guys. It's not just Rodgers and Devontae Adams every game. Right. I mean, now with Aaron Jones in the mix, run game and pass game, they got some decent tight ends. Valdez, Scantling's coming along. So, yeah, that game um, – when it got 14 to 10 right before the half, you went, oh, okay, Packers are in good shape. And then the first play of the second half was the 80-yard touchdown or 75, and you just went, uh-oh. And then came the pick six, and that was, that was it. And I don't know if, if you're to blame here, Chris, or, or if Pete, not Pete Carroll, but our guy Pete in our yeah. ear, you've buried the lead here in damn okay based off of the last two years and how you've talked about this guy and how well he's playing. Your third and final point on damn okay is Josh Allen. Oh, why is he not first? I didn't make the rundown. Pete? <laughs> Get on Pete. Yeah. But what? I'm just going to give you a couple numbers. First of all, they're 2-0. and Yeah. Okay. Josh Allen is number one in the league in passing yards. Mm-hmm. 70% hasn't thrown a pick Ooh, yet. Oh, he's not accurate, Paul. we got to send him back to uh... – But he wasn't, he wasn't great in that area the last couple of years. Yeah, I, I get it. I get and, it. And my last one, he, he's leading the league in completions over 20 yards. Yes. It fixed it. He's got talent. He always has. But now he's now got they more. put a team around him. Yeah. He's learning how to play the position in year three. He worked on mechanics. And I'm sure there was plenty of throws that, you know, we watched and he watched last year. And he went, damn, I, I yeah. should hit that. I'm too yeah. good to be missing those throws. Right. So, other than Russell Wilson, this is the MVP of football through yeah. two weeks. Yeah. I mean, and I think the big thing is you could see he's in the trust tree. He's in the circle of trust. Okay, the, the way they treat him. There's no way last year up 24 to 20 with three minutes left in the game on a second down and nine, they let Josh Allen throw a deep post to right. try to win the game. They would have yeah. been like, oh, no way. He'll just throw it if we call it. We can't do that. He'll throw, if there's seven guys there, he'll throw it. So let's not call it. <laughs> now, this year, from what he's shown them the first weeks, they, they know he sees the field. Yep. He is throwing the ball phenomenal. He's not overthrowing that intermediate to deep route. No. Like like, like, last year was like, oh, he just, he just missed it. Yes. Just missed it missed again. Missed a lot just like it's that. It's not happening. No, it's not. I think he's throwing the ball higher. And, of course, the digs factor is huge too. Right. I mean, that digs makes John Brown better. He makes Cole Beasley better. He makes Josh Allen better. You know, he gives the team a different look. As a defense, you just you're in a tough spot as far as who to who to stop there. And, who's, uh, who's calling the plays there? Brian Dayball, man. Who, yeah, by the end of the year is going to be in the head coaching talk conversation. I do believe that. I think yeah. he was borderline on that at the end of last year with what he did. What do you think is allowing him to to do his job in a, in a different, better, more aggressive way? Is it having digs, or is it knowing, hey, Josh, Josh is throwing it better right? Yeah, now. I think it's. I think it's. Yeah, I think it's all those. Well. From anything I've ever known, and I've been up there in the facility with Josh Allen, they love him up there. Mm-hmm. And they don't love him just because he's, like, cute and he's got a cute smile. Right. They love him because he loves football. He's there every day. He lives it. And he's always studying and trying to get better. And that is – that emboldens the play caller. Because mm-hmm. when he's in there every day and, you know, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's May 5th and I've been here for 14 hours, it's, it does a lot of good to go, damn, my – quarterback's been here or on zoom with me for like nine of them today right like damn he's he's starting to answer questions where i don't have to ask anymore he's like spitting yeah. out like oh coach we don't want to do that against that Third coverage 
third year. It's, yeah. Right, in a complicated New England-type system. Right. And has some talent around him. And, of course, we know the player was raw coming in anyways. Mm-hmm. But I think everybody's seeing the talent's real. I also want to raise my yeah. hand and just kind of back up to, to a bigger picture here. When, during the offseason, when teams give up a first-round pick or maybe even two first-round picks – for a star player that fits with, God, we have to get better here. Yeah. It's a fun conversation, but it, it, it gets so scrutinized. And let's just point out that Stephon Diggs for a first-round pick, only two games in, looks like an awesome thought for <laughs> Buffalo. Okay? You think so? And giving uh-huh. up two first-round picks right. for Jamal Adams. Yeah. Okay, complain about why are you going to do that? You mortgage your future. You know what? Looking pretty good, right? Looks pretty good. Yeah, tell me those two players they're going to make up for Jamal Adams. I know. You don't know who they are yet. Who are those two first-round picks that are going to fit in as well as that? Exactly right. And who are you to judge Pete Carroll and the John Schneiders of the world for what they need to get their team over the hump? That's where I think we're all jumped to. Because Buffalo's going nowhere with all the potential. Right. The young coach, you like the young defense. If Josh Allen doesn't go from potential to production, it doesn't matter. No. You're exactly Doesn't right. Doesn't matter at all. And this is their draft pick, and this is this is the smart approach. Right. Top ten pick, franchise quarterback. You're the one that's going to get scrutinized, head coach and GM, if it doesn't work for that top ten quarterback. So yeah. why not support them, right? And then the other thing to what you're saying, too, you make that trade, the pressure's on now, too. Yeah. To where the coaching staff all of a sudden goes, wait, we had a little wiggle room last year to have an excuse for not a good passing game. Yeah. <laughs> that's gone this year. <laughs> We better come up with some new plays that feature digs. And it yeah. makes them go back to the drawing, you know, to the lab a little bit and figure out ways to feature him in the offense to make the offense that much better. But they, they've been fun to watch. I'm just reading a couple of uh, comments here. At Charles Cobb asks you, has Josh Allen made a specific throw this season that really stands out It made you think, wow, that's special? Well, oh, yes. Uh, I can't remember. There was one last week in the in – the, um, the Jets game where he kind of... St- While you're thinking of it, yeah. there's a hashtag on that question that yeah. says thighs and ass. Oh, well, he's got unbelievable thighs and ass for a yeah. quarterback. Unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think the throw, there was a play last week where he's kind of like moving to his left, and then he reset up and threw just a laser on the left sideline where I just went, wow, like that was, that's unbelievable. Like he was about to run, and he stopped, and he pulled up, and he made a great throw. But I, I still think it's the, the deep balls that I'm looking at more than anything. Mm-hmm. Because those, like you said... Last year, that was all over the place. This year, dropping them right in. There. I mean, it's it's every yeah. time. It's right on the money. Right. Yeah. Okay. I can't think of I think of a specific play. I'm sorry about that, but um, come back to it. And I'm you know, I'm gonna guess he's gonna give you some some more fodder. Here I think the, I think he is too. I would be shocked if he doesn't. As the season goes along. Right. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal. And when you gamble, betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. For the world's greatest athletes. This is the showdown we've been waiting for. There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen. I have never seen anything like this. How about that? An Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris Olympics, this summer on NBC and streaming on Peacock. I'm ready to go. Streaming now only on Peacock. 
five rich and famous international soccer stars. They have everything except love. I think girls in the past have gone for me because of what I've got. That's why we're going undercover. We're setting them up with single American women. They don't know we are famous. They don't know we are rich. And they'll have to hide their true identity. What do you need for work? I'm an ad salesman. <laughs> oh, God. What am I doing? Love Undercover. New series streaming now only on Peacock. Okay. Victory lap. We love a victory oh, lap. Oh, baby. Or two. Mm. We kind of had one. We kind of had a series of victory laps right. here with I Josh thought I Allen just got done it with Josh Herb. Allen. I know. <laughs> You're warmed up in a good victory lap lather uh, already. Jonathan Taylor. Colts defeat the Vikings 28-11. Yeah. Gave them a little bit of attitude. I think that's going to give them the confidence to go, wait, if we're up in a football game by two scores – we don't need to trust Philip Rivers anymore. This dude here can push the pile. One thing you'll say, if you go back, and again, I didn't get to study this film. And he was your number two running back in the draft. Number two behind Clyde Edwards-Alaire, yeah. right? It, the, the thing that I think I loved about this more than anything is, and correct me if I'm wrong, Pete, or anybody out there, I don't, I don't think he had a big run all game long. It was more you know, ham and That's what I mean. It was a lot of five like, yeah. and six and the thing just about him, pushing the pile. He would have like 15-yard runs every other run. So I know. Yeah. So there, Pete just got 13, 13 yards, yards, longest yeah. run. So that tells you it was a steady, mm-hmm. no nonsense, no looking to bounce outside. Every time I looked at it, I just kept going, damn, up the middle. Oh, yeah. broke a tackle, dr- drug somebody for three yards. Oh, got seven yards, even though he should have only got two or three. Right. So that's going to be a nice thing behind the blue wall there, who we know can move some people out of the way. And this just in, Minnesota sucks. Oh, my God, you yeah. brought me right to this one. Also, RIP Vikings at Bryce Hansen 9. I haven't screwed up a handle yet. Remember last year we had Matt the W? Oh, man, Matt the W. All, all-timer. All-timer. Yeah, got me cut from the team almost. Uh, but Bryce Hansen says, I would like to apologize and acknowledge you were right about the Vikings. They aren't good and will be lucky to win three games. Good night. And Florio is on the other line. <laughs> Have you brought this up with Mike yet? <laughs> I did today. Today we had like our little like uh, we go give the headline type of thing or, yeah. you know, and uh, I went, OK, I got one for you. Dead. D-E-A-D. Yeah. And he's like, who are you talking about? I go, the Vikings. I always kind of stuck up for him the last couple of years. Yeah. And I w- want to say it's only two games in. Yeah, that's right. But they haven't looked good. No. At all. And but the last couple of years, they were they were a decent team. No doubt. Cousins was a decent quarterback. Got in the playoffs two of the last three years. Won a playoff game. Right. Why the giant drop-off through the first couple weeks? Well, no Diggs. Yeah. I mean, Diggs got more yards by himself yesterday than the whole Vikings team. Great stuff. All right, so there's, yeah. that, there's one for you. Yeah. Um, Kubiak on the offensive side of the ball. Listen, I have great respect for Gary Kubiak, his career, winning the Super Bowl. He brought toughness to that, that Broncos team that didn't have the toughness to beat Seattle, but yet they had the right. toughness to beat Carolina. But the offense is flawed. I'm sorry. I don't know any other way to say it. What position group the most? No, it's, it's the actual scheme. Oh. It's just like it's still 1998 Mike Shanahan offense. It's, it's, it's never evolved. I want to go, mate, like this was a cool play in 98, but it's just not cool anymore. Everybody knows this. Which play? Like what, just, what? just basic West Coast stuff to where yeah. you go, you know, players this day and age, they've, been, they've seen this play since eighth grade. Yeah. They're, they're all over it. I mean, so I, I just don't know if there's enough there, let alone – their talent's not great other than one receiver. Jefferson looks good, the rookie receiver, but he's not ready to, like, take over games. And then they got a, little, a lot of moving parts on defense. Yeah. Secondary corners are gone, you know. Hunter's gone. 
Uh, Daniel, Daniel, Daniel Hunter's not there, you know, and Everson Griffin's and Yannick Ngakwe's there. They, they, you know, no good defensive tackles to really stand on. So that's why before the year, uh, I know they're going to continue to fight and do those things because they have pride and Kirk Cousins and Zimmer are tough, but I just, I don't see how they can make this work. Another victory lap. Back to South Bend, guy we know well, Chase Claypool. Oh, what? Right? Looking good. Damn. Showing up the big plays down the field big in, plays. in both of the first two games. Yeah. Touchdown yesterday. Yes. Steelers knock off the Broncos 26-21. Deep throw down the left sideline. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, again, we, we, we saw him. I, right. I'm not shocked by this. No, it was, it's one thing in November when he's doing it against Navy and Boston College and Virginia right. Tech. I mean, he dominated November dominated, last year. Dominated. Dominated a bowl game, I, I think, against Iowa State. So it's like, okay. Yeah. What are you going to do in the NFL? Right. And through two weeks, it's his up. DK Metcalf part two. Right. Just everybody get ready. This right. was the freakiest receiver in the draft. Mm-hmm. He was the freak. 6'4, 237. He lined. Average between 40 and 50 points a game in basketball yeah. in high school. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So he's raw, and they're taking it slowly with him. And I'm sure there's little nuances of their offense he doesn't quite know yet. Because mm-hmm. uh, I, even in week one, I was surprised he made a big play down the right side on that game. And I just went, well, I'm surprised we haven't seen him more. But he will continue to assert his value to that football team. He's, he's, he's kind of just beginning. He's just beginning. I remember being at a Notre Dame practice last year, and for a couple, three years it was, boy, we just need Chase to, to, yeah. to get going. We it's all there. We need to mature and yeah, just exactly. figure it all out. And, and yeah. I, was, I was there late talking to people and trying to get as much info as I could, and he was the last one there catching out of the jugs machine. And then he started being their, their biggest playmaker on special teams. Yeah. While he was also their best receiver. Exactly. A couple of signs that are like, okay, the, the, the things they've been asking for from right. this guy the last three years are really starting to show up. No doubt. No doubt. And, and, and again, too, even with Notre Dame, you know, I, I, I've told some of my coach friends this during the draft process because they're like, you know, didn't he get in the doghouse there in New England? I, I mean, in New England. Notre Dame. As a youngster. Yeah, and I, I was like, yeah, he did. I was like, but this is Notre Dame. Yeah, I you know I was like if they if this if if they went to my college <laughs> we wouldn't have played <laughs> Notre Dame like you're in the doghouse because you missed one class or you were five minutes late for a class right I mean if if we did that at Texas we wouldn't be able to fill teams on Saturday I mean mm-hmm. so there's a different level too of scrutiny there yeah. to what they're held to as far as a standard where I felt like that was held against them with, like, some people I would talk to that's, up in the draft process. That's a good, that's good perspective. And I would be like, yeah. man, you know, if, if nobody was ta- – if he was at, you know, no disrespect at Florida right. or Miami, or, and I'm, not trying, I'm Texas, okay, I'm saying my own school. Just don't say Iowa. I, no, I wouldn't say you Iowa because I don't think right Kirk France, I don't know if he would deal with that. Yeah. But, but if he did that, he would have never been in the doghouse if right. he went to those schools. It's a little stricter at Notre Dame. All right. Turn of the page here, victory lap. Turn of the page. Now what is now? Now it's the shit on Chris. Well, well, I mean, we're going to shit on Chris segment yet. (laughs) I don't know if it's a shit on Chris. It's just a okay. Now what about what about this guy? What about Jared Goff? Yeah. Oh. All right. I mean, self scouting thyself with Jared Goff, and what? Why you're thinking about it? Yeah. Twenty out of twenty-seven. Right. Two sixty-seven. Three touchdowns. No picks. I think he completed his first twelve or thirteen passes. Yeah, he did. And they beat the Eagles, who are really struggling, 37-19. Really struggling. You know, the first thing I think, I mean, Jared Goff, good quarterback. You know, good on the move. You know, better arm than people give him credit for. And, you know, I said this a little last week. The, the first thing is just McVay and the way he's calling that offense right now. What's he now. doing differently? It's just, it's just last week it was a little bit more like two tight ends and everything like that. But 
he's got teams on a swivel right now with their ability to run and the boots and the play actions like we saw him a few years ago. And I'm, I'm going to be interested to see what the approach was this week, you know, as compared to last week. Because last week, few more formations, few more two tight end sets, few times one of those tight ends will move back to the, neg- the regular fullback position, mm-hmm. and it looked like they were in 21 personnel. It wasn't like mind blowing, but it was yeah. like okay, here's a few different looks for the defense little, little hasn't wrinkles, seen, yeah. right? It's kind of uh, yeah, ahead. no, no, go. You're it's right. It's kind of what they needed too, because it, there's some teams that just they sucked last year. The Rams yes. didn't suck. Right. The Rams went from really, really, really good. Right. To being kind of stuck in okay. Yes, exactly. So it's not like they had to recreate themselves, but they did need to make little changes. Yes. So I, I, I like that you're noticing. Yeah, that. definitely. They definitely had to, and I think it's given them a little bit of a schematical advantage and. You know, Goff, I think he just has a great understanding of what McVay wants to do. And it's not like there's a whole lot of high-level throws that I see from Goff. Mm-hmm. You know, last week, I, I really, out of all, he played a great game last week. and I really came away going, there's only like two throws he had to make in the game. And I'm not trying to, like, discredit him by saying any of this. Mm-hmm. You know, but what it's done, and we, I saw this a little yesterday, but when you play this way, McVay gets you a few of these completions, all of a sudden – Yesterday, I saw a few throws where I went, damn, that was a good throw by Jared Goff. That was like, you know, 20-yard corner route down the left side where I went, that was tight coverage, and he threw it in there. Got it right in there. So, McVay has, I think, emboldened him and got him confidence. So, now where he's in a rhythm to where whenever that day does come here soon, where McVay's shit doesn't work quite the right way, he'll be able to, hey, my quarterback's in a good state of mind, and he might be able to carry us a little bit. And I want to ask you this question. This this one comes in from Aaron Kahn. He says, does Goff deserve credit, or is McVay just the best puppet master in the NFL? Well, I'm giving more credit to McVay right now. I am. But Goff does deserve credit. Mm -hmm. He does. And, again, you know, Goff's ability to move, and he is tough in the pocket, like – Sometimes it's one of my issues is, like, yeah. moving the pocket a little more because I think he's a better athlete than he gives himself credit for. But, you know, the bootlegs and his ability to throw in the run and move that way. And, yeah, his toughness that way, it, it gives them a fighting chance. I'll raise my hand here and just, yeah. just play the other side yeah. uh, a little harder than I have been. So if you're a Jared Goff supporter, you're recognizing that he's better this year. Yeah. His numbers are good. They're winning, and they're winning handily. Why not – say, you know what, I'm going to give more credit to Goff than the play caller this time. Um, Because I just don't see it that way. And I'm not afraid to say, oh, like if I just started seeing like McVay doing stuff and I start going, I've seen this, nobody's fucking open. Whoa, Goff got a completion. I would start going, man, fucking Goff is carrying McVay right now. And I hope everybody believes me that I would do that. But just as where we sit two games right now, I've just seen more of like, Oh, he's on the edge. Oh, there's somebody open. Guys are open, throw, and he's doing his and job. And he's doing his job. He is. And yesterday I thought there was a few throws, and again, I, I need to d- take a closer look of, oh, shit, McVay didn't call the best play, mm-hmm. and Goff made a great – made the best play. Mm-hmm. And that's when you put up 37 points. And, you know, yeah, that was uh, – from what it looked like on TV, the Eagles had no business being in that game. It's 21-9. Cooper Cup fumbles the punt and return right before the half. It gives the Eagles the cheap touchdown, gets them back in the game, and all of a sudden we were in a football game until the Rams got back a hold of it. And I'm getting off script here a little yeah, bit. Yeah, all right. What's up with the Eagles? Offense has got nothing to rely on. Now, they got a run game going yesterday, but I don't know what went on yesterday. All I know is it seemed like it was three and out, three and out, them down the field, long field goal drive they got. They can't make big plays on offense 
They have a hard time. Like after the first few drives of the last week's game, they yeah. couldn't find a way. Everything's hard. Yeah. And the run game's not dominant. And they're beat up on the offensive line. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I don't right. know where it goes. It's just a little tease for deep dive yeah. coming up on, on Wednesday. Yep. Yep. Get a little more into what's going on there. Okay, the Bears, another kind of feel-good story. Again, right. I always want to say it's two weeks, whether it's great or awful right now. It's only two weeks. Yeah. Bears are better, 2-0, and better than we thought they'd be. Mitchell Trubisky's had more good moments than bad. I have a specific question I'm going to ask you One here. One thing. You know what we didn't hit on real quick, too? Yeah. The Rams' fucking run game. We did, that, you know, That's been Better awesome. again. It's been – I mean, yeah. I would have never thought they would have pushed around Philly's D-line like that yesterday. Right. I'm sorry. Now go back. No, it's right. true, though, because it was – two yeah. years ago, it was, it was really good, and then it wasn't – Last year, it wasn't at all. Not right. at all. Right. And now it's back to better. Yeah. Okay. All right, sorry. Another topic for yeah. later. Okay, Mitchell Trubisky. I have a question I'm going to read uh, from social in a moment, but just your first thoughts on what you've seen in the last couple of weeks. Well, um, clutchness in the fourth quarter – I mean, saved his best plays for the last three drives of the game – you know, against Detroit yesterday. And they won 17-13 against the Giants yesterday. Right, and yesterday, 17-13 versus the Giants. Again, I'm not going to sit here and go like, oh, this was amazing what I saw, but I still saw enough game-changing throws, game-changing throws, not stupid mistakes, and used his legs to get himself out of trouble a few times. I think the main point is moving in the right direction. Yes. Which is not something that everybody thought we'd be saying right now. No, no. And, you know, just, um, hey, I think about the first touchdown. Third down, he's looking, doesn't see what he likes. He scrambles out to the right, hits David Montgomery. Bam, lets him run and make a play. You know, had a few other, had another scramble that I know we showed on Sunday Night Football last night where it was like a screen play. It was a mosh pit of players in there. I feel like old Trubisky would have just tried to throw it in there somehow still, and the ball would have got tipped in the air yeah. and intercepted. He ran down the right sideline, got some yardage there. Um, you know, even the – I'm trying to think of the pass to Mooney and what that was, uh, and I'm blanking on what it was. The one late? Is that the one late? I know, I just can't think of the exact play. Um, While you're mm, thinking of yeah, it, go ahead. let's ponder this question right. from, from Jacob Woosley. He says, why does Chicago's offense look unstoppable at times – and looked terrible the next. Was play calling too conservative in the second half, or was it Mitch being Mitch? And the number to back that up, uh, first half, two touchdowns, no picks, 159 yards. Yeah. Then 31 yards, two interceptions. Yeah. Yeah, and one of the interceptions wasn't really his fault. Guy made a great play on the right sideline, Bradbury. It was a 50-50 ball. His receiver had the ball, and Bradbury ripped it out of his hands. So that was one of the interceptions. You can live with that type of play. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, the other guys, they're getting paid a lot of money, too. They can make plays, too. Right. Um, they're still fighting their way. They're not like they don't have a great offensive line. Yeah. Yesterday was a start in, okay, they ran the ball okay, which mm-hmm. is good to see. They're another team that's been diving into the tight end set look a little bit more and changing up their looks. But even with what we think they look unstoppable, you know, last week, it just fell right for them. I'm not ready to sit here and tell you that it's unstoppable yet. No. Okay? But, it's, uh, it's, but it is going the right direction is what you said. Right. Trubisky is not leaving plays out in the field a whole lot mm-hmm. right now, and I think that's where you can be encouraged. Of all the teams that are 2-0 and in the NFC, and we're talking about Arizona, Seattle, uh, the Rams, the Packers, and the Bears, it sounds like the Bears may be a, a, a distant 
last? I, I think so. Out of those, yes. It was, who, who do we got? So say that again. Seattle, Arizona, Seattle, and the Rams, all in the NFC West, yeah. by the way. Yeah. And then the Packers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it, I would right now, yes, clearly put the Bears at the bottom of that list. Now, there's some danger to them. I mean, that defense is still something to be reckoned with and came close to making a few plays yesterday. But, right. um, yeah, their, their offense is not up there to, for me to be putting them into that category quite yet. It's driving me crazy. I can't figure out that last touchdown pass. It's killing me. Here we go. I'm looking at it. I don't care. Okay. I got to look. Tell us what you're looking at. I am. I'm going to look at this play on my NFL game pass, but there's a there's a, a glitch. There's no. I have to listen to the – I have to look at the ad first. You can – you can uh, do the skip ad little thing there. Oh, can you? Up. Yeah. Oh, no, it's not. It was a 15-second ad. I couldn't skip it. Mm. So here we go. I just want to look at it. Here we go. Here we go. Real quick. Okay. Oh, all right. So they're at the 15-yard line. This was a great play. What am I thinking? How did I forget this play? It's a lot of games. It's third and eight. Okay. Okay? It's a three-man rush yep. with a late fourth adder, right, who's kind of watching him so he doesn't scramble. What's the score and what's and the And it's 10-0 Bears. Yep. It's right at the end of the first half, 20 seconds, third and eight. He knows it's a three-man rush. He doesn't like what he sees. He doesn't panic, and he starts to move around the pocket, and he buys himself time. And then within doing that, the O-line continues to block. He sets up again and makes a big-time 30-yard throw across the field to Mooney, who's coming back in the back of the end zone. So, yeah. That's huge. The guy started like 12 games in college. I mean, it's his I know. learning curve is still going on quite no, a bit. No, it is. It is. And you give that Bears team 17 nothing lead, I don't think they should lose too many of those. Right. Done with the Bears? Yeah, done. Okay. Bucky the Buccaneer, Chris. What is going on with Bucky the Buccaneer? At jbroska55 says, someone tell Chris that Bucko, Bro- Bucko Bruce is the original mascot of the Buccaneers. Not Bucky the Buccaneer, as he referred to. On football night I think America. I did say that. What do you have to say for yourself? You, you were starting quarterback for this team. I know, I know. I, I choked. I choked under the primetime lights. I said Bucky the Buccaneer or whatever. I, didn't, you know, I, wasn't, I wasn't even planning on addressing it, but then I saw Brett Favre with his T-shirt on yesterday at the game with Brady, uh, and I knew it was Bucko Bruce. I just messed up. I choked in the moment. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry That's one of the that. best logos of all time. Can we see that again? It really is. For everybody watching? Yes. Yeah. yeah God, but, bring that back. Yeah, no. Another example of like, Hey, Cincinnati Bengals, it's time to rebrand. See, when you rebrand, teams win Super Bowls shortly it's after. W- winking pirate with a knife in his mouth and yes. a fedora. Yeah, he looks a little too – he's soft. I don't know. Bring it back. No, I like the old, the new emblem better. Okay. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> All right, Hyundai, <clears throat> give me the headlines. Okay. Yeah? Yeah. Where are we going? Which it game is, first are we starting with? Well, first of all, it's time for Give Me the Headlines, presented by Hyundai. There we go. Come on. Host there it, it up. Let's okay, go. Okay, 49ers beat the Jets 31-13. What do you got? Whoa. I, I don't know how any – my headline for that game is dropping like flies. Oh, man. Holy right? crap, 49ers. Have you ever come uh, – did you ever play on a turf like that in college or pros? No, but I, I will say, honestly, last week when the Pittsburgh Giants game played, I thought it looked weird. Yeah. Now, nobody else has complained about it other than the 49ers, but we saw three people get hurt last week yeah. in the Pittsburgh game where they uh, – it looks sticky to me. It looks like there's not a lot enough rubber pebbles on that field turf. Huh. That would be my assessment, okay, yeah. as the uh, grounds crew here at NBC. Yeah. But, I, you know, first off, to win 31-13 in the wake of going into a game where your team was really beat up, let alone, whoa, you get into that game and you get high ankle sprain Jimmy G, 
You lose Nick Bosa for the year, yeah. which is devastating. Yes. I mean, it's one of the best defensive players in the league. Two plays later, you lose Solomon Thomas. Yeah. And then, oh, yeah, your most explosive player that was healthy right now, he sprains the MCL or whatever it is, Raheem Mostert. Yep. And it's just unbelievable what they've had to deal with here this early on in the season. Cardinals beat the Washington football team 30-15. to Cardinals 2-0, and by the way. Size is overrated. Mm. Okay, do you know what I'm talking about? Kind of. I'm talking about the quarterback, Kyler okay. Murray. Get your head yeah. out of the gutter, dude. <laughs> Get it out of the gutter, okay? I'm talking football here, uh, right? <laughs> but Kyler Murray, uh, I'm just uh, – the second week in a row, he just shut up one of the best pass rushes in football, and that's because of him. He is a kryptonite to these type of teams that are built this way. Mm-hmm. That's why he is going to be a pain in the butt for the 49ers, the you Rams. built this way, what do you mean? Like a team that's built to spread it out. Yeah. We have a fast quarterback, and, oh, you have a great pass rush? Oh, you want to fly upfield at us? Oh, zoom, zoom, zoom. He's going to run around. Yeah. Oh, we'll throw the ball quick. We'll tire yeah. out that pass rush. Wait, you can't really come after me full speed because, oh, wait, I might be going this way. Oh, I may. And so the defensive line's always like, oh, wait, he's going this way. Oh, no, he's going that way. So they can never just go after him either. And he's ma- mature as anybody I've ever seen at that age. He never takes big shots. And he's got a better feel for running this year as compared to last year. And he's just such a he's fun the kryptonite watch. that way. They just end up kind of getting buried with the with, with their kickoffs. I know. They, they never get the national mm-hmm. spotlight. I think they have it a couple times this year. And uh, it, it's uh, if you they haven't gotta, seen him, yeah. get a chance to go on Game Pass. It, it's awesome. It is awesome. It's he's fun one of the, every time. He's already one of the best players in the league. I don't care what his stats say or anything like that. It, it's about what he does to these other great – two great defenses he's neutralized to where it's taken away the greatest aspect of their football team to where, oh, wait, we built this team because we think this part of our team will help us win games. And he just exposed And, it. right, yeah. the 49ers and the Redskins, what, damn it, Washington, are not capable of doing that to him because of his movement and how that offense is run. Ravens beat the Texans. Texans, ooh, by the way, Ravens 2-0. and It looks like they haven't even broken a sweat yet. No, I mean, pick your poison. Good luck. Yeah, that right? would be my headline. Like uh, Because last week we saw them tear you apart with Lamar Jackson in the pass game. This week, Houston went, whoa, that pass game is dangerous. And they said, okay, fine. You're going to pick that poison? We got another poison that'll kill you. We'll just run the ball all over you. Yeah. I mean, that's where they're amazing. Clearly playing the best football, the best team in the game right now. Yep. I think all around. It's hard after two weeks, and I know it's just two weeks, but, yeah, they've looked the most impressive to a talented Cleveland team and a Houston team that's got pride and enough players in Deshaun right. Watson, and they, there was no doubt who the better team was in the field two weeks in a row. They seem to have shifted back to that moment, but like, I think it was last November, December, where they were just destroying teams, and right. they got away from it a little bit for whatever yeah. reason, yeah. right back into that mode. No doubt. Titans beat the Jaguars 33-30. Well, are you not entertained? <laughs> because that's where I feel like the Titans are. All right, like nobody like this, this quiet little two and zero oh right. over here, right? Right, we're I just kind of like, eh, the Titans won. Oh yeah. And once again, that it's Russell Crowe winning in the, yeah. the you know, it's that the same identity. Tannehill's playing smart. Derek Henry's looking good. I mean, just like they did last year. Are you not entertained? The quarterback throws for four touchdown passes, and we don't even talk no, about him. I know. We don't even he doesn't even get a like a mention yeah. in top highlight shows or anything like that. Shame on us for not having him higher. Yeah, well, I know. But, you know, uh, Jacksonville is another one of those teams along those lines. But 
Tennessee, I was I am surprised that Jacksonville moved the ball on them the way they did. I would I am gonna go back and watch that too, because hey, Gardner Minshew, first off, I mean he has proven that he is worthy of being a starting quarterback in football. He could have been on damn okay. Yeah, he could have. Yeah. He definitely could have. Yeah. I mean, just you know, poise. We talked about, you know, the interceptions or whatever else, but he always gives them a chance to win the football game and he can make plays off schedule. Tannehill again is just the king. I saw this in week one against Denver too. Of, there's just there's never anything left on the field. Every throw is pinpoint on the money. They got a special tight end in Jonu Smith. Uh, I am surprised their defense got uh, tore up like that. I really yeah. am. I, I'd, I'd like to see what went on there. But, yeah, they're just kind of like, oh, yeah, 2-0. Nobody's talking about us. We'll see where it goes. Maybe Jacksonville's a little bit better than we thought, too. Right. Yeah, yeah. that would be nice. Hey, first time in six and a half months. Way to go. It's like riding a bike. Kind of. Yeah, good. Yeah. All right, good. It's great. Yep. You might be a little sore tomorrow, but little, you'll be okay. A little further apart from you than, than, than normal. Yeah. It's, it's fine. Yeah, it's all You right. look better from here. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> I appreciate that. All right. That's it. I mean, we did it. Week two, NFL Monday podcast in the books. I think we hit every game just about. We touched on every single We game. hit them all. Yes, we did. We gave it all. I think New Orleans wins tonight in a fun game. I'm going to say high scoring over the Las Vegas Vegas, like 30-27. Okay. Somewhere. I don't think – I only picked one game wrong last week, too, just Come on the way out. Last night, Sunday night game. Straight up or spread? Straight up. A spread, I think I did pretty damn good, too. I got to check. Pete Dim a little, little light of the lightest. I'll figure that out. But checking you Wednesday, out. me and Polly B will be back for Deep Dive Part 2. We'll hit on all these – all these games we kind of mentioned today, I'll get into some more nuanced stuff of what really happened. But everybody be good. Enjoy Monday Night Football. Good, good to, to have you, you back, Paul. You're the man. Nice new coat, too. You Thank you. You didn't have that six months ago. That's true. Peace. We're out of here. <laughs> I was- the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.